Welcome back to the Signs of the Southland podcast presented by From the Rumble Seat. After two more weeks off for the holidays, we are back on campus and uh, ready to talk tech sports yet again. And we also might be the only college sports podcast not talking about the national championship tonight. Anyway, as always, I'm joined by Jake Grant, Ethan Kreger, and Kate Lawson from just adjacent to the Institute's beautiful new library at Crossland Tower. How is everyone doing to open up another semester at the Institute? Doing fabulous. I actually have room to study now. Uh, the AC's not permanently on in my apartment anymore, so that's pretty good. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's a good thing, considering it gave me pneumonia last semester, and I'm recovering from that concussion well, so, you know, it's a good time. Sparkly. Oh, yeah. It's a great life. Anyways, Kate, how about you? Great. Fantastic. Just great? Yeah, fantastic. Just great? Fantastic. Oh, boy. Things are swell. Well, everyone's feeling swell, so let's get right into the swell things that are going on in the flats. Mr. Grant, what is going on on the non-rev side? <laughs> We're not talking about this, no. No? No? No, it's too sad. I'm sad. Women's basketball is doing all right. Uh, they got smacked by the defending national champions. Um, but we're, we're not talking about swimming at Auburn because that was, that was kind of rough, boys. Womp womp. Yeah. Uh, but in other non-rough stuff, baseball schedule was released, uh, over the break. Um, Ethan, I know you had some thoughts on that once it was released. Yes, I did have some thoughts. <clears throat> I loved what Danny Hall put out as our new schedule this year. In the past, we bled into ACC play with series against... Radford, Dartmouth, UIC. Bradley. Bradley. Hey, that wasn't a series. Go Braves. Single game, series, whatever. But the Atlanta challenge. Anyway, point being, we've played weekend series leading into ACC play against bad teams. When you play games against bad teams in college sports, two things happen. You win and you don't get anything. You lose. You get a bad loss for your tournament resume. So instead, this year, we have the number three preseason ranked team in the country, UCLA, coming to Georgia Tech for a three-game set one weekend before ACC play. It is a win-win opportunity to increase that strength of schedule and potentially get maybe a win or two against a team that will be hosting a regional at the end of the year. And that, together with another series against Northwestern, who is bad but could be improving this year in the Big Ten, and games against Georgia and Auburn make up a great non-conference schedule. When you combine that with our series against Clemson, North Carolina, Louisville, and various other top ACC teams, we should have a top five strength of schedule this year. And if we win 30, 31 games, we'll be right there on the bubble. Hey, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Making the postseason would be nice. Uh, this would be the first time in three years. years. Mm-hmm. People yeah. look at... Uh, People look at men's basketball and they're like, oh, Georgia Tech needs to schedule better. But when you look at what Danny Hall is doing here, or our football schedule always, what part of that's built into it. But, like, Bruce Hepler and, uh, and uh, what's his face? Um, Rodney. Rodney Harmon. They, yeah. they don't take, they don't pull any punches when it comes to scheduling. So, Georgia Tech, this isn't some, like, broad thing that needs to be addressed. And I think that when you look at what our most successful teams are, when you look at how golf does, when you look at how women's tennis does, they're playing quality non-conference opponents, and you look at yep. you look at what Danny Hall's trying to do here, and those boys are going to get better no matter what happens. Right. When those games There's no play. downside to playing that three-game set against UCLA. Even if you get swept, you get your team ready for the weekend, week-out grind of the ACC. 
got to play three games against a tough team every week. And just from like the historian kind of vibe that I like, I love that we always have the home and home with Auburn because just I, I don't know it it doesn't mean a lot in the grand scheme of things other than playing a quality team. But like I don't know, it's it's good to it's good to still feel connected to that past. You know? Yeah, and as more of the numbers guy, it's good because they're good. They're going to be another <laughs> tournament team this year. They got to a regional final last year, so it'll be good to get a game here and a game there against them. How does the rest of the ACC shake out? So Clemson's good. Yeah. Well, Clemson lost. Clemson is good. Too. Carolina is definitely head and shoulders of everybody in the coastal this year. I would make a second tier in the coastal of Duke coming off a super regional appearance, Georgia Tech with lots of potential on the mound, and Miami, who's bringing in a great recruiting class and always has talent. They'll have a new coach this year, though. Yeah, so that's what I was. They're going to have that to work down through. Or he, retired? he retired. Okay, that's right. But then you're going to have Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech bringing up the rear. Virginia's a bit of a wild card. They've got a lot of new faces, and they weren't real good last year, but I think they're going to be behind the Miami, Georgia Tech, and Duke group in the Coastal as well. All right. Well, sounds like we've got a clear path to success yeah, cut the out Coastal's for us. Coastal's not that strong this year. Yeah. So it's uh, up to Danielle and the boys to see that out. Uh, jackets are preseason 17th. That's yes. Correct. In the, I forget what. Baseball America poll, right? Baseball America. They were, high baseball. On us. they were high on us two years ago. They had us in the top 25. We didn't make the tournament. They were, I don't know if we were in their top 25 last we year. We weren't in their Fab 40 preseason last year. Okay, so maybe they learned. I was going to say, I just remember coming into my first baseball season on the flats. Like, oh, hey, we can do something. Like, uh, this... This is even better than that, so hopefully that kind of lives up to This team has some potential. different elements than the team two years ago that vastly underachieved. Yes, the uh, the pitching definitely seems better. Uh, just knowing what we came, be- uh, what we returned, let alone uh, Barteki and a couple of the other uh, additions we yeah, could make. Got some transfer pitcher, a couple other freshman pitchers who should all see time on the mound. And I like the new vibe from a new hitting coach. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see so that, that is. I forgot his name. Uh, Ramsey, right? James Ramsey. James yeah, Ramsey from, from, from FSU. Yeah. yeah. Two-time uh, All-Academic Acad- Player of the Year or something like that. And then he was also... Academic All-American. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's key in tech, though. Yeah. yeah. And he was also a first-round pick. So, all in his favor. Yeah. Had, like, three very successful seasons with FSU a couple years ago. He's very young, too. So, yeah. injection of youth doesn't hurt. May I have your attention, please? is now closed to visitors who are not escorted by a member of the Georgia Tech community. Unescorted visitor, please leave the building at once. All right, I think the building time. will reopen to visitors tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. All right, well, with that emergency alert, we're going to use that as a segue to talk. All right, I have to dive right into football. So, Yellow Jackets finished at 7-6 and six in 2018. Um, book ended by a loss to Minnesota in Quick Lane Bowl in Ugh. Detroit, which was not a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination. They were a very hospitable bowl, though. I will give them that. Yeah, for not being our preferred bowl, you know, it was... They gave us good. the nice side of the stadium. Also, seems like the players really enjoyed their trip. Um, I don't know what a lot of them were expecting, but just from the vibe I've gotten, talking to a couple of them, they, uh, good things to say about Detroit. I've seen a lot of them wearing their quick lane bowls. Yeah, they, you know a lot of the videos that they've released, <laughs> that the quick lane bowl stuff is showing up pretty prominently. It looks pretty comfortable, not gonna lie. If you get good gear, and they seem to have them doing fun stuff, so good for them. They sat us on the nicer side of the stadium, so thank you, quick lane bowl people. 
for, for the loss, you know, I'm glad the boys had a good time. That's a weird vibe, though. I feel like that's Al Gore wearing an Al Gore 2020 sticker in, like, 2001. But is he talking that's about Manderpig as well? <sighs> he could be. I don't understand what they're saying, but I'm too afraid to ask. You missed the South Park reference. Anyway, so 7-6 and six on the season, loss in the Quick Lane Bowl. Um, honestly, if you look at it, if you take like a holistic view and look at the look at the standings, Tech was one win, one ACC win away from being Clemson's ritual sacrifice uh, on their and way. And a tier one bowl. And a tier one bowl. We should have been in a tier one bowl to start with. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, at this don't point, at this point, beggars can't be choosers. So we should have been choosers anyways, because we weren't beggars. You beat you beat the teams on your schedule. Uh, granted, we probably should have beat Pitt, maybe Duke too, but I, I don't think I don't think us slicing hairs over tier one is gonna solve anything um, because we didn't we didn't win that game, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have been in belt or pinstripe. I think the ACC as a, as a whole had a very it was very weak this year, especially the I mean the coastal always has a lot of parity, but just across the board is no, not like UVA lost to Indiana. The coastal has parity argument. I don't buy the whole ACC was weak this year argument. Nope. I think Clemson was far and away the best team in the country, and they dominated the conference just like they dominated the college football playoff. <coughs> and then you look at our bowl record in the ACC this year; it was pretty average. It was pretty in line with Six the other five. Power Five. Yeah, I think it was something like that. And all this talk about the ACC being the worst Power Five, I just don't think it's true. The seven and five, eight and fourish teams in the ACC. For the most part, save for Georgia Tech's disaster and NC State's disaster, performed real well in their bowl games and Miami's disaster. Okay, those three. <laughs> Other than that, the middle of the ACC did very well in its bowl games. I think UVA cleaned up against yes. the middle of the, the SEC pack, South Carolina. So good for them. Yeah. I, I think what we when we talk about the ACC uh, top to bottom, and this is something that I think Bo Connolly touched on in his preseason preview of the ACC. There's Clemson at the top at number one, and then two through 14, who knows? That's yeah. just how it's been. There's no like, – it used to be that FSU was that number two. Syracuse. You can <laughs> count on UNC being down near 14, but uh, besides <laughs> yeah. that. But, but in general, the, those last 13 slots are just – you could honestly flip a coin for all of them yep. and figure it out. Anyway – Back on the subject of Georgia Tech. Again, one game away, one win away from being Clemson's ritual sacrifice. Uh, most disappointing losses of the season. USF. USF, definitely. Pitt, I would say, being that one game that was winnable. Yeah. Um, and that could have sent us to the ACC title game. Duke, I would say, also, for that being on homecoming. They're a bad matchup for us. Though. Yeah, they Cutcliffe do. always plays us well, and I don't I don't necessarily agree with the opinion of some fans that say that Duke is still a guaranteed win. I know, Kate, you've talked about they this a lot. They well. money into their program. You can't ignore that. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a, it's, it's not a guaranteed win like it used to be. Wake Forest did uh, absolutely shaft them at home in front of about seven people uh, during rivalry week. Though, Duke so. is a very Duke was a very weird team this season. They beat a very good Army team to start out the year, and then I think they one of the bowl right? Yeah. They, they beat Northwestern ball, right. They killed mm-hmm. Temple in their bowl game. Yeah, yeah. they go oh, right because they they hung like fifty on Temple. Fifty six. Yeah. So Duke was Duke was a very uh, weird team this season. Um, 
But in terms of good wins, I think Miami was a good one. The whiteout game, pretty yeah. like attendance wise, very good. Oh, yeah. uh, performance wise, pretty good. Um, UVA in terms of your yearly Georgia Tech close game heart attack. I'll remember that UVA we did not game for the rest of my game. life. Yeah, that probably took a couple years off my life, especially the uh, blocked and in kick. Yeah. Um, and then I would say VT as our like token like. Very good. Just cover because cover. I'll give you that just because we went into a tough environment and absolutely wrecked them. Not yeah. that they were a good team. Yeah. It's it's one of the, it's like those it's one of those the games. Boogeyman win. Yeah, it's a boogeyman win. It's a it's our yearly like cover to cover complete game. Mm-hmm. Against a at least on the face decent looking opponent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't all that great. Almost exactly in line with what Cade Lawson called, right? What did you I say? Seven and six at the beginning. You said of the year? seven and six or eight and four or seven and five and eight and four. He didn't uh, put a bowl record on. No, I yeah, thought it was seven I, and five it or was six definitely and six. Not eight. It was either seven and five or six and six. I yeah. got pretty much every game wrong because <laughs> I, I know I said we would beat South Florida, lose to Miami. It was a it was so, a weird. Yeah, some teams turned out better or worse than they, we thought they would be. UVA, props to them. They put together. Yeah, for all the crap I gave UVA at the beginning of the season for only having 27 ACC caliber players on their roster. You got a lot of mileage out of that. Oh, we got way too much mileage out of that. My question, I still don't understand how Bryce Perkins didn't die on that one play in our game. Safety. Mm, Yeah. And then he came back. Well, he like ragdolled in the end zone. He like broke in half backwards. And then like two plays later he was back. It was weird. It was very strange. But I thought he was gone forever. Like I said, uh, all in all, average, middle-of-the-road year, middle-of-the-road, more or less, like, middle-of-the-road ACC team, I feel like. Yep. Uh, middle-of-the-road team overall. I don't remember where we finished in S&P Plus, um, but probably around 60, 60 to 70. Yeah. So, yeah, average year. Mm. We'll crank one out again. Hopefully better than that next year, but we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of which... Something very interesting happened at the end of the year. Mr. Paul Johnson declared his retirement, leading to the wildest two-week, the wildest two-week stretch I think I have ever seen in Georgia Tech news. Yeah, I mean, that was that was something. I didn't spend enough time doing schoolwork. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that was a it was a very stressful two-week period where we uh, thought we were. Getting a couple guys that we didn't really like. One guy. Oh, yeah, one, one guy. guy that we really we thought, like. we thought we had what we were searching flight radars from Clemson there for a hot minute. but uh, yeah. So we'll cut to the chase. Paul Johnson retires after 11 years on the flats. Uh, Todd Stansbury announces December 6th or 8th, I don't really remember, um, that uh, – Jeff Collins uh, of Temple is the next Georgia Tech head coach. As you would have known a month ago if you had read Georgia Tech's very own from the RumbleSeat.com. Reported a month ago there. Just sample. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're a little late in the ball. We didn't get time to record on this. But, mm, yeah, he's from Temple. He went 15 and 13 in his two years there. Like Seven and five, eight and four. I think it was better than that. Yeah. Let's do some look at that's a lot of games for two years. <laughs> I think it was sixteen and ten. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was sixteen and ten. He went eight and five this year, eight and four this year because he didn't coach the bowl game. 
and 76 last year. So 15, 15 and 10. Yeah. 15 and 10. So on the face, if you just look at his Temple resume, you're thinking like, meh. But if you look at his other stops, uh, it's been an upward trajectory the entire time. He was the defensive coordinator at Florida and Mississippi State, and both of those teams underwent immense improvement on the defensive side of the ball in terms of S&P+. I think both of those teams were, and went up at least 30, 30 to 40 places. Uh, in they were in a good place to start, but they definitely went up some. Yeah, but it, it was significant improvement on that side of the ball. Um, most notably, who was not hired, uh, Chargers offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt. He's a visionary. God, his team's in the playoffs. His God. team is basically coached on the offensive side of the ball by Philip Rivers. Shh, he's the best coach in history. He's a Georgia Tech alum. How dare you besmirch him? Yeah. I'll besmirch all the Georgia Tech alumni I want to. Ken Wisenhut is not my head coach. <gasps> hey, as, as somebody who uh, who's very on board with the Jeff Collins hire and has been since uh, about three sentences after he started speaking, uh, I, I I can definitely I definitely back you up on that one. And and it, I mean Collins was at Tech during the Chan Gailey years and during the George O'Leary years, so it's not like he doesn't have experience with Georgia program either and he's bringing in some guys who've had some experience across the board at tech too you got uh, you got to choice you got you, you're you're rooting not that not recruiting how, how'd you put it? you're hiring people who are qualified for their position but are still tied to this place you know it's like they're not using they're not just going after like oh he's a tech alum i want him it's like that guy is nominated like Kerala, who just won strength and conditioning coach of the year yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. So he's getting quality uh, additions to his staff, but people who know the program, people who right. So recruit the, to Georgia Tech. Who can the alum to or the connection to Georgia Tech is just the cherry on top. Yes. It's not necessarily the end-all, be-all. And I, and I think I speak for a couple of us when we were uh, talking about the Wisenhunt, uh, at least interview, the alleged interview, that the only reason that it seemed like Wisenhunt was even getting a call in this case was because he was an alum and he played with Tom Stanford. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we just we felt kind of uncomfortable with. Yeah. Uh, but then again, passes in the past. Jeff Collins is a new head coach. Uh, he took over officially yesterday. Um, they had a team meeting and everything and uh, for the team to meet the new staff. Yeah. Um, no staff was retained. Uh, from the Paul Johnson regime, other than Brian Cook uh, as a quality control or analyst. He's one of the other guys, too, like grad assistants, analyst. Analysts. Yeah, they kept, yeah, they, they kept they, a couple of the assistants, like the grad assistants, grad but no students, like major staff that, positions. That's really behind behind the scenes kind of people. Yeah. You know, not not somebody you'd be seeing them tweet articles. <laughs> yeah. Um, the most notable kind of disappointing loss from that staff for me person was uh, defensive coordinator Nate Woody, um, but that was kind of to be expected. Three uh, four defense that Woody runs is not gel with the four uh, three philosophy that Collins has. I was pretty bummed about uh, McCollum too, but you know, yeah, me too. I mean, if if he doesn't have the upward trajectory here, if he doesn't fit the program, I wish him the best in finding a job. That he I think McCollum was in. That. McCollum was in the mix at a couple places. Yeah, places as well. he was in the mix here for a while too, but they just didn't get the didn't get signed. If 
if what's reported online is report is accurate. You know, like you can never really trust what you see on Twitter. I mean, Lord knows I get the most out of my Twitter subscription, but uh <laughs> Yeah. But you know, uh just what happens. I mean, Collins is here. McCollum, I think he's had he had a great career under Paul Johnson. Um and obviously wishing the best. But we gotta work with what we got. We're running a new offense, we're running a new defense. Um like I said, four three defense with what Collins calls press man coverage. I'm pretty sure I pulled that directly out of a quote. Forgot exactly where. He does enjoy his quotable words and buzzwords, so you probably did. He did say that. Yeah. Oh God. That's why I tend to not take anything he says at face value, because I don't know what anything he says means yet. Because for just example, pro style offense. He just he has buzzwords, and no one knows what the buzzwords mean. Because I know what a pro style offense is, but I don't know what Jeff Collins thinks a pro style offense is, or what he's going to do with that. So. Yeah. My my take on that has always been he's looking to go as like looking to very clearly delineate that this is not a triple yeah. option offense in any way shape or form and pro style is like the is the best possible way to make that make that demarcation. That's fair. If uh, if recruits are a stock market though, I'm still putting the house on uh, Jordan Yates. I think I think what he did to keep this class together and what he's doing to build this culture is going to be fine. Maybe we won't see all the results paid next year because he's not he's not working with any classes that he recruited. But I think I think what he's going to bring through those buzzwords, even though it's different from that triple option attack, is he's going to get a lot out of these guys. Yeah, and I'm I, looking forward to that. And one of the things that Collins has kept uh, hitting home during his one month having had the job and then officially taking over yesterday is we will recruit every single day and then obviously there's a couple of buzzwords that follow that but the the fact that he is putting that emphasis on keeping up the energy keeping up the recruiting making sure that he has these sort of obviously all of these college coaches make personal connections with their recruits but make like Collins has kept together almost all of that 2019 recruiting class put together by the old staff yeah. uh, i think that that itself is his first to win making sure that all those kids that have talked about it, that have Talk about coming to Georgia Tech, they have committed to the school, not necessarily the old staff and the old style of offense. And there's one word for that, and that's charisma. And if he if he can if he can connect to kids like that, uh, Todd Stansbury said this in the introductory press conference. I'm pretty sure Jeff has too. Uh, yada yada yada. Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. If you're getting these key players, if you're getting making bonds with them too, then that's how you get them to come to Tech, and that's how you make a difference on the field when you have better athletes and then you got to train them you got to coach them but if, if you're starting from this base then your ceiling's that much higher there's another word for it too and it's swag troopers <laughs> and it's the new n-word i'm a swag trooper what about gold-blooded cade are you gold-blooded we're talking about the real money issues down right now GT. money down gt another one get following me on <laughs> but, twitter today and i was ecstatic but we are all swag troopers don't never forget that I wonder who's going to be named the swag coordinator. If, if oh. Coach Collins, if you're out here listening to this, the Scions of the Southland would love to take you to Waffle House sometime or any other restaurant. I know you go to Waffle House. We're also might like seriously worried for your health with how much you go to Waffle House. Hey man, the, the, 
as somebody who goes to Chick-fil-A more times than is healthy per week, I can I, I relate to him on an intimate and spiritual level, you know? Okay, I can't really argue with that one. You know, you got to do what you got to do. And if that's 4.30 Waho, then that's 4.30 Waho. Yeah, but is it a late night or an early morning is my question. Okay, really? Really? <laughs> like, really? That's a legitimate question. It just all kind of runs together. To yeah. It's all the same when you time. don't sleep, there is no morning. There is just time. Yikes. Wow. How deep. Wow. I'm 14 and that was deep. That was with some Will Smith level swag trooper. Um, <laughs> I'm gold-blooded. Right there. Don't doubt me. Gold-blooded swag. You bring relentless energy and effort and toughness. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, so let's take let's take a couple steps back and uh, talk about National Signing Day. Talk about the recruiting class that Collins was uh, able to keep together. Like I said, he kept together. Mm, uh, other than two, he kept everyone together. Um, most notably, uh, he was able to keep Jordan Yates, uh, the three-star. There's from Akshay's mandatory Yates reference. <laughs> Alpharetta, Georgia, uh, my alma mater. Did Quick, you go to Wilton? Were there columns in front of your Columns. School? Clear something up for me because a trusted analyst on Twitter told me that Jordan Yates is trash. <laughs> he's someone very big in the uh, sports sphere. I don't know his name, but he's very important, of course. So can you clear that up? I thought he was trash. So... <laughs> a trash quarterback. Actually, actually, actually went to go scout him live. Yeah. So uh, legitimately, I did actually go to the uh, state championship game that Jordan Yates won, and dude can sling the ball. Like I was very impressed with his arm and the way that he was able to extend plays. The Milton offense does not seem super complicated, and their offensive line did not help him out a so whole you're, lot. You're going against the. They Twitter were the analysts. less talented team, and they won they were one hundred percent the less talented team versus uh, Cocoa County, but. They, uh, but they were able to win. And Yates, the Milton coach asked Yates to win that game for them, and he was able to do it. And just to clarify, I know he's not trash. I was making fun of someone <laughs> whose name I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. think the biggest thing Collins did besides keeping the class together too was flipping Amarine Brown. Mm-hmm. I guess technically it wasn't a flip because he was uncommitted, but we sorely lacked depth at slot receiver since we had big receivers and our best a backs have now graduated i was really unsure what we what direction we were going to go at slot receiver next year but we have amarine brown i think i'm pronouncing his name correctly and kalani norris who will both be in line for time in the, at the slot position as true freshmen so hopefully one of them will step up this year i think keeping tony amerson too uh, especially in terms of recruiting other kids like yates and amerson yates and amerson were the two guys really staying in contact with the other recruits um, and making sure like, hey, and talking to them and and making sure that they were ready to come to the Institute. We have so many running backs though that somebody's just going to get squeezed out. Hey, but the depth chart, which doesn't exist anymore because it's now above the line. ATO. ATO. (laughs) You know what's weird to me is taking a guy like Brown because we haven't taken someone like him that's so small at wide receiver. Ever. As a former Wake Forest fan, I remember when Greg Dortch committed to Wake Forest watching his highlight tape and wondering, why on earth was he a .86 middle-of-the-pack three-star on 24-7? And then, lo and behold, he's probably headed for mid-first round to mid-second round somewhere in the NFL draft this year. So I mean, if Brown is anything like Dortch, I'll take it. Yes. I'll 100% take it. His Dorch highlight ma- tape resembles Dortch. Dortch made that engine at Wake Forest run the last yes. couple of years. 
it's very dependable. Yeah, uh, guys that enrolled early, uh, we have Yandwin. I think that's how I pronounce his last name. He's the best guy Sounds in the country close. of Belgium, right? Yeah, he is the number one recruit in the uh, nation of Belgium. Uh, Jordan Huff? Yep. Uh, and then Brown, also uh, early that's enrolled. Close. And then the two grad transfers in the class, tight end Tyler Davis from UConn and, Jared, and offensive lineman Jared Southers from Vanderbilt. Uh, also enrolled this semester. So yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was a pretty solid class. Immense effort from Collins uh, and the old staff who were props working. To them. Props to them for working even when they didn't know if they still had jobs, yep. especially. Yep. Um, but everyone pitched in, got the job done. And I mean, I think we're set for the next couple of years, even though it's going to be a transition period. That shows the commitment to the school above anything what those guys not not just the, the recruits but what those coaches did and that's that shows a lot about the character of the program paul johnson ran himself and i think yeah we'll have we'll we're gonna do great things under jeff collins but one more time thank you paul johnson yeah you did great things. the anti cliff kingsbury <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a recent hey, one. Cliff Kingsbury and Manny Diaz. What was your oh, favorite? What was your favorite memory of the Cliff Kingsbury offense at USC? They never dropped a pass, bro. Mm. True. True. It's, it was really special. No high. They also never ran time. the ball, which was also a surprise. All right, well, I'll give you that one. We uh we ready to talk some basketball? Yeah. Any any final thoughts on recruiting, football, coaching? Cool. No red pens. No red pens. Definitely. All right. Basketball time. So, uh, since we last recorded, Georgia Tech was mostly on winter break, but they did play. I think Arkansas, Athens, uh, and Wake. Forest and Wake Forest and was to open plus a bunch of us. Tennessee State, USC Upstate, Gardner Webb. Gardner Webb. Uh, I am a there. I am a P five uh, elitist here, so okay. ah, he's oh. under informed about sports. No, we talked about Gardner Webb the last time we recorded. Oh, right? you're right, we did. We also yeah. we, we also talk talked about Arkansas. Right? No, we previewed no, we previewed that. Arkansas. No. Arkansas came after Gardner Webb. Yes. Wow, I was home for a long time. Yeah, it was a three month break, bro, or three week break. <sighs> wow. It felt like three months. All right. Well, I'm glad we don't have to talk about them uh, running bulldogs or whatever they're called. We have to talk about the other ones, though. Oh, that's worse. Undefeated oh. in ACC play. Big. Big if true. <laughs> Big J journalist out here. Yeah, it's true. The truth. That's why he's the boss, man. It's, that's going to be the headline. All right. So, uh, tech, <laughs> tech beat Arkansas. Um, did not really do all that great versus Athens, uh, but did uh, play very well against Wake. So, uh-oh. Uh I was not thrilled with the effort on defense in the game against Wake. A few of those 79 points were on ridiculous Brandon Childress threes in the last minute and a half of that game that strangely resembled his father in the 1996 ACC tournament where he set the ACC tournament scoring record for Wake Forest. Back on topic here. Nerd. <laughs> this is why we don't invite you to these. <laughs> Too okay. many numbers. Yes. Back on topic. Wow. Got him. Oof. Okay. 
Anyway, Brandon Childress tried his best to pull him back into that game. He did not succeed. He almost did. But yeah, he definitely almost did. For stretches of that second half, the attention to detail on defense was not where it needed to be, and they're going to have to clean that up before Virginia Tech comes to town tomorrow night because they are a ruthlessly efficient machine on offense. They were a ruthlessly efficient machine last year on offense, and they weren't nearly as good as they are this year. So that was that was something to see, and they're not going to make it any easier on passing in the squad tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, I'm jealous that they got Buzz Williams a few years ago. I can't believe he's been there for five years now, actually. That that surprised me. Hey, you only had, what, two games his first year, and it's been a slow build since. So. Two games yeah. in his – two ACC games, I think, in That's his first two was. years. There's not many coaches like him who could elevate a program like he did there. I was surprised they were able to get him away from Marquette. That felt good. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, you know. Yeah, but Marquette's a good program. I mean, Big East is just right there in basketball. For but, sure. Yeah. I had some more thoughts. Oh, yeah. So after the Virginia Tech game tomorrow night, if Georgia Tech is going to make a move in ACC play, it has to happen now. Virginia Tech is tough tomorrow night, but they don't have the kinds of wins that justify them being in the top ten. And It's to be determined if they're really that good. So, you know, you start looking ahead. Virginia Tech tomorrow night, the next four games after that are Syracuse, Clemson, Notre Dame, Louisville. Those are four very mediocre teams in this league. Middle of the pack to bottom of the t- bottom of the uh, the standings. So you look at those first six games. We're one and zero now. You gotta be four and two, I'd say, to give yourself a chance heading into games with Duke, Carolina, and somebody else right after that. If Georgia Tech's gonna make a move in the ACC this year and finish middle of the pack, four and two in these first six is imperative. I think at least, if not five and one, with what's ahead. Yeah, the issue with starting off with all your <laughs> easy, well. super hard games is that you know exactly where you stand after those are over. And so... This is the key stretch right here. Yeah. So if you don't go, I think 4-2 and two is probably fair. Yeah. At least 4-2. and two, Then you already know that you're kind of out of things. Barring like a miraculous turnaround that turns you into a team that can suddenly contend with actual teams. Right, so we get Virginia Tech and Florida State twice this year. Oh, man. And both of them are looking. I mean, BT, we already talked about BT, but FSU is definitely peaking as well. You, Notre Dame, and Clemson decide to finally taper off. We get Virginia Tech and Florida State, who are having the best year in years. Boom, boom, boom. I miss the good old days of being in the basement with Virginia Tech. <laughs> it's just us chilling down there. It's the reverse of Every football back time. then. Huh? It was the reverse of football back then. Yeah, it was. Weeks below us. Bye, Wake. Bye, Demon Deacons. <laughs> they got some long way to go. You only got Wake a was down by, what, 30 versus Duke earlier? Yeah, Duke, Wake was down by 30, and then Duke put their walk-ons in, and Wake didn't, so the foul margin was 22, but it was should not have been that close. I love garbage time scoring. Remember when we lost to Duke by, like, 60-something points a couple years ago? Don't bring that I'm up pretty sure I was at that game. It was on the road. So at Cameron? Oh, it was at Cameron? Yep. Yeah. Oh. No, I remember this now. I thought it was the one. I thought it was the one last year at home. No, 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 no. no. I vividly recall where I was during that game. Uh oh. Oh boy. Never mind. We're not talking about that. All right. I didn't look up the line on the BT game, but it's probably. I saw BT by five to seven. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
Okay. Put the house on the cookies. If I had any money left, I would put it on that. But alas. Home court means a lot in the ACC and college basketball. Eight. VT by eight. Oh, okay. That's better than five. All right, so... If TV Teddy shows up, then you know uh, you know that's going to be right around that nice eight-point margin. All right, give me some picks here. Cade? Just for the game tomorrow? Yes. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Georgia Tech can win the game, just because I'm not going to be there probably. <laughs> if they'll decide to win that time, I don't know. I can see it going either way. I think it's either going to be a blowout for Virginia Tech, or Georgia Tech's going to somehow win the game. But very close. Yeah, but very close. Mm-hmm. I don't see much competitive Virginia Tech win type deal coming out of it. The last time I felt this way about a game, we wound up blowing out Florida State, a ranked Florida State team in the middle of the week. So uh, you never really know what's going to happen. Really you don't. don't. I just am afraid that people are reading too much into how good <laughs> Wake Forest is not. Because <laughs> they're not. Oof. Yeah. But. I'm not so optimistic about this game tomorrow night. Virginia Tech, while they, they lost to Penn State by one point and they don't have any great wins, Ken Palm loves them. They're top 10 in Ken Palm. They've done what they were supposed to against the bad teams on their schedule. And I think they are one of the few teams in the ACC that Georgia Tech will see that is better than Georgia Tech in the backcourt. Justin Robinson and Nikhil Alexander-Walker are a problem, and I don't think Georgia Tech is going to be able to slow them down enough to hang in this game tomorrow. We don't have good defense on the As good as defense on the side. Uh, I will note that uh, there is no way to storm the court uh, at McCamish Pavilion anymore, which is sad. Why? Uh, There wasn't any last year or the year before. Well, I mean, like, when the people listening to this were probably at Tech. Because... Um, there's, well, I guess there's a goal, there's like the hoop in, in both the sides band. and the band. And it's, and it's not easily. that hate the students that sit behind them. Yeah, it's just not easily accessible to storm the court. So if it, so if Tech does win. Is tomorrow really a court storming type game though? I mean, they're it's top, top 10. If we could storm the court I... after Akogi laid in. That beautiful layup, and we actually made a layup uh, against Notre Dame in that nice noon Saturday game with a sold-out Thriller Dome. We're not storming the court on a Wednesday. But was it a ranked Notre Dame? I think they were ranked. That was part of the whole, like, Pastner beat four ranked teams in his first year at Tech kind of deal, yo. So you mean a Kogi beat four ranked teams in his first year at Tech? There's also been that thing going around Twitter that he that Josh Pastner's won more games in his more ACC games in his first two seasons than any coach right now. But yeah, he's done it. He's won two more than Leonard Hamilton, maybe. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Buzz Williams was on there too. So was uh, Mike Shashevsky. Somebody else. Roy was not. Right. Roy has won. Roy won twenty-two in his first two years. Allegedly. Somebody else is on. Did you I say Baranaga? Yeah, Buzz Williams. Maybe Jim Baranaga. Might have been Baranaga. I'd have to pull up the picture again. Baranaga. Baranaga. and Roy. Bayheim came into there. the league an established coach. There's no way he's on. Well, also, yeah, he was coaching them in the Mid-East, so. Yeah. Oh. Womp womp. Right. Anyway, other basketball news. Uh, USC forward Jordan Usher transferred to Tech uh, after being kicked off of the USC team for what 
team rules violations? Yeah, it was n- not very specific at all. Yeah, it was very vague, and I'm very interested to actually hear about what they were, but how do we how He's do we exactly the kind of guy who goes so well in our offense. Guys with size who are also athletic and can handle the ball. We haven't had those in a while, and they're the difference between us and the teams at the top of the ACC when you look at Duke, Carolina, those teams. So I'm glad we finally got somebody who can score and has some size inside as well. And he should be eligible after fall 2019. Yep. Yep. So he'll be out for all of uh, the 2019-2020 non-con, more or less. Uh, but he'll be available as soon as January rolls around. My question is what you have to do to get kicked off of Andy Enfield's team and then welcomed onto Josh Pastner's team. <laughs> yeah, that's like the same thing. That's a little bit backwards. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? No one ever said, but he's here, he's ours, and uh, hopefully he does very well. Right. Anything Anything else? Nah, give him the off-season update. Uh-oh. Anything? Anything? Okay, cool. So, uh, a little bit of a schedule change for the off-season. Um, we'll probably do a podcast once every two weeks. Um, just so we have uh, a couple more things to talk about since there's not a football game every weekend. Um, and one thing we'd really like to know is what do y'all want to see? What do you, what do you want to hear us talk about? Um, food, politics, religion. Um, maybe not those things. Maybe food. I'll do food. We, we've got some fun stuff coming up, uh, from the rumble seat, uh, come March, just, uh, Putting that out there. Just you wait. You'll see. There's fun stuff. I think we should go back to doing um, alumni power rankings for schools. <laughs> we did oh. that one time and cut like six minutes of it. It was, that was uh, fun. It was fun, but also uh, mildly inappropriate. We can talk just like Georgia Tech news, you know, talk about buildings and the hot button takes of people on Reddit, you know, who doesn't love that? Twitter. We should do that. Can we we should read angry Reddit comments on here. My dining experience didn't have the right amount of gouda and bacon in my fancy mac and cheese. Who do I see? With bacon lards. <laughs> lards. Sorry, bacon lards, not bacon. I, I bacon of what? Bacon lards. I don't know what that means. It's like bacon, but lards. <laughs> All right, but the new game, we read their Reddit username, and you have to guess whether they're pro or anti-sports. <laughs> that's, the, that's the game. Or maybe even their last three comments. Their last three Reddit um, comments, and then you guess if they're pro or anti-sports. Commentariat, we, I know you're out there. Get on Twitter, demand they hire Paul Johnson as our next president of Georgia Tech. Nothing can go wrong. All we need for that is... Sport when they tweet or when they Reddit post sports, does it have an S or a Z on the end? <laughs> yes. Oh, is it conjoined with sports ball? You know, sports ball. There are two acceptable ways to spend your money on Georgia Tech campus: one hundred percent on sports, one hundred percent on not sports. That's never fun. <laughs> I my goal in life is to be that guy who got every single Adidas thing. From the store for Christmas, you saw that on yeah, Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that is who I aspire to be. Man, I'm I'm sure athletics got in contact with them too to send them a couple more things. Just seeing how much free advertising they got from that, we can extort them. I'm I think salty that, about that. I, mean, I didn't say they did. I said they could have. Athletics, if you're listening, we will wear Adidas gear during recordings to broadcast or to promote it. 
We will say that Adidas apparel like, deals for podcasting is all the rage these days. <laughs> we just got to do like a video podcast where it's just Akshay staring into his note the whole time. Yeah, perfect. We can sensually describe what each other is wearing if y'all send us some clothes. The signs of the Southland ASMR. Stop. Please stop. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Jake puts his feet on the table, crosses his legs. Okay, none of that. All right. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. All right, we will see you all next week. Thank you for listening. Oh.